All right. Happy Friday, everybody. Will Brinson here with the Pick 6 Podcast. We're blitzing into the weekend. We got no football this weekend, which is not a good thing. We'd all love football, but we can all use a breather. Feel that mountain air rushing through your lungs as you stand on the first tee box at 8 a.m. on Saturday. Oh, no, sorry. That's me. I'm going to play golf in the mountains. But uh, I'll be back on Monday. Today, we got Patrick Walker of 247 Sports to break down the Cowboys. On Monday, Jimmy Kimsky is going to break down the Eagles, and we're going to keep rolling through the NFC North. Thank you for your suggestions of people that you want to hear from on any team. If you got anybody else, tweet me, at Will Brinson. We will absolutely consider anybody and everyone when we look at who we want to talk to for these team-by-team breakdowns. And if you like the team-by-team breakdowns, hey, leave a review. Tell your friends. Go to the Apple Store and steal a phone. And subscribe. Subscribe. Go to go steal, don't steal. Don't steal the phone, but go to the go to the you know the store while you're there getting your power cord or whatever. And you know you're like, yeah, I'll test out the new iPhone and go to the podcast app and hit subscribe. That's a free listener for us. So so hook your brother up. Um, steal your spouse's phone. Whatever. The ratings and reviews really help. We really appreciate it. Word of mouth, of course, is great. And if you want to send beer, if you want to send Pinot uh, Noir, or you want to make a bet with me about eating a tweet about Saquon Barkley playing for 15 years, whatever. Anything's cool with me. At Will Brinson. You can email me. WillBrinson at gmail.com. Whatever's cool. I, I, let's let's hang out. Let's talk. It's better that way to discourse in a civil fashion. Uh, a couple quick things, and then we're going to get to some Matt Ryan talk, and then we'll get to Patrick Walker. First, go to Sportsline.com th- bef- on Friday or Saturday morning, and use promo code TOUCHDOWN and sign up for Sportsline. You will get your first month for $1. It will change to $9.99 per month after that. Your your choice on how you want to handle that. But you will get a pick from Jody Dimling, who's based in Louisville and who is crushing the picks for the, the horses right now. He had the Kentucky Derby winner last year, always dreaming when always dreaming was six to one before he dropped and became the co-favorite. You would have made a crap ton of money. Then if you're going to bet the Derby, do not bet the Derby without going to sportsline.com using promo code touchdown to sign up, getting your first month for a dollar and using Jody's picks. He's also going to have exactus trifectus, superfectus, all that stuff. So make sure you go to sportsline.com. Also, Go to the draft app in your app store, download it, deposit, and use promo code pick space six. I know that I'm asking a lot of you here, but if you do that, then you can play in the best ball league for listeners. We're going to get a bunch of people. We'll play. We're going to draft. You don't have to mess with your waivers. You don't have to mess with ad drops. You don't have to mess with your lineup. It will just, you just draft. And if you do a good job drafting, you can win. You'll find out at the end of the season. You're going to hang out and listen to the show anyway, and we'll keep up with the league. We'll also have a picks league in the middle of the season. Lots of fun, interactive stuff. The reason I'm asking you to do all these things is because you, just like Matt Ryan, signed a $100 million contract. Oh, wait, wait, no, I'm sorry. $150 million contract. Matt Ryan has $100 million guaranteed in his contract. That's how insanely large the deal is that he got from the Falcons. It's bananas, and it's perfectly fine. If you're one of those people who wants to be mad online about Matt Ryan's contract, stop. I'm telling you, man, you don't need to be worked up about it. Remember, Kirk Cousins just got a contract that is fully guaranteed. In in but as a you know as a non MVP non potentially Super Bowl winning quarterback Matt Ryan you can win a Super Bowl with Matt Ryan he has never won a Super Bowl but you can win a Super Bowl with him I know this because he was in the Super Bowl and he was leading twenty eight to three when he eventually lost the Super Bowl but he could have won it it was entirely possible that he would have beaten the Patriots additionally. 
He won MVP that year, and he did it. Now, granted, with Kyle Shanahan, super offensive genius, who's turning you know this this homeless guy Jimmy Garoppolo into a future MVP. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Kyle Shanahan's a, a great offensive mind, a genius, a guru. He works well with quarterbacks. Steve Sarkeesian didn't have a great year last year, but people forget that Kyle Shanahan and Matt Ryan didn't have a great year their first year together either. Okay. If they have a big year next year, this is going to look like a real steal, especially when you look at the, the, the quarterbacks who re- also recently signed contracts. Andrew Luck, Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, Jimmy Garoppolo, Matthew Stafford. Now, all those dudes are really good quarterbacks. You have to pay them. Some of them are younger than Matthew Stafford, who I mean, than Matt Ryan, who will turn 33 this coming year. None of them have appeared in a Super Bowl. None of them have won MVP. Matt Ryan has done both of those things. He can lead your team. He's a great quarterback. People don't get excited about him because he's very milk toast. He doesn't talk a lot. Sort of a, a you know, you can tell like he, he grew up listening to Peyton Manning, watching Peyton Manning. That's fine. He's worth the $30 million. And remember, these quarterbacks, Ben Roethlisberger wants to play until he's 40. Brady's already 40. Rivers wants to play until 2020. They won't let Eli Manning die. I mean, they, Matt Ryan is going to play until he's 38 at least. This is a good contract, a smart contract, a no-brainer contract. You don't want to be the team without a quarterback. You don't want to be the team who doesn't know if you have a quarterback, maybe like the Dallas Cowboys. Speaking of which, Patrick Walker... Of two four seven sports and two four seven sports and voice of the star. What's going on, man? I'm doing well, man. Everything's great. Cowboys had a great draft, looking good going forward. How about you, Will? I can't complain. This is funny. It's uh, so we just to pull back the curtain a bit. We were talking before we recorded <laughs> this, and you're in Nashville right now for the two four seven sports uh, conference with the CBS Muckety Bucks and the Scout guys and the and whoever else. We're all merged together in this one big CBS family, and you're like, I'll be back home in Raleigh in, a, in like a few, for a few more weeks and I was like is this guy screwing with me because <laughs> we didn't we didn't we just hadn't connected I am currently in Raleigh recording this podcast you were in Nashville it's funny how that works out uh but so we will do a we'll do a live podcast at some point maybe we'll get up we'll get we'll get some beers uh maybe downtown Raleigh meet halfway and Absolutely. uh and we'll, we'll bring some mics and, and we'll uh we'll imbibe a little bit the, people, people it is a small world people <laughs> people who listen to this podcast uh know that we like to talk about about beer it's we're recording this and i think the cowboys episode is going to be up on thursday uh morning we're recording this on i'm like losing track of my days but we're recording no this one this is, is what happens with the draft it makes it one long day it we're does, still operating it on does. one long day okay so this one is actually going to go up on friday so if you're listening to this you're listening on friday morning we're recording on wednesday around 11 if any news breaks i'll fill it in don't worry but we want to get you covered on the cowboy stuff patrick is traveling for work so let's dive into it what uh you know what what is your thought out of the out of the Cowboys draft I mean what is late I got a couple of questions relating to it but what sure. is what does Leighton Vander Esch mean for this defense how does what does Connor Williams mean for this offensive line and is the Cowboys defense good to answer in the inverse sure defensively yes they are good I think the Cowboys are uh, just one or two steps away from turning the corner um 
well, let's say three steps because they need to address the nose tackle situation um, at one tech. They didn't address that in the draft. They may uh, go after someone like Terrell McClain, who just recently got released from the Washington Redskins. Obviously, he was previously with the Cowboys. He played very well on the defensive interior, so that may solve that issue. Um, but aside from that, you're looking at the linebacker being a huge need, safety being a huge need. Um, they are very content at the, at the moment, or so it seems, with second-year safety Xavier Woods, third-year safety Kevon Frazier, kind of battling it out with uh, veteran Jeff Heath there, which is why they did not um, completely concede to the Seahawks' demand for a, what was originally reported as a first-round pick and then came out that during the draft they wanted a second-round pick. The Cowboys offered the third-rounder, the 81st pick, that ultimately became Michael Gallup. Seahawks never gave them any callback on that, so they pulled the trigger on Michael Gallup. But they landed late in Vander Esch. I had uh, Vander Esch as a mid-level reach. Uh, that is not a knock against him as a prospect. He is a great talent, phenomenal size. I think he's going to bring a lot to the table for the Cowboys. Um, I had him graded high second round, top of the second okay. round. They reached for him a little bit at 19 because he was their guy. Um, as we know in the draft, the old adage goes, when your guy is staring you in the face, you take your guy. That's what they did. Derwin James was falling. Um, he was a, a, a great prospect for them that they were looking at. But they stayed firm, stayed to their board. They didn't trade up for him. Um, so they got Vander Esch. Look for him to go ahead and play the Mike position. Uh, that's going to shift Jalen Smith over to the Sam, the strong side linebacker. So it's going to be interesting because you're going to see a big body like Vander Esch who can definitely blitz. Um, he can cover, needs to work a little bit on disengaging the blocks. But he's going to learn that from one of the best in the league, Sean Lee. Yep. So you got Sean Lee, Vander Esch. Jalen Smith, they went and got Joe Thomas from uh, away in free agency, signed him away from the tender the Packers offered him. They got Damian Wilson back there. Linebacking core is looking great right now. Connor Williams, I cannot praise that pick enough. That was an elite level pick as far as draft value is concerned. Connor Williams is a first round talent that was staring them in the face at 50. Yeah. So. And then he can play multiple positions. They showed a lot of interest in Williams coming out of Texas uh, in the pre-draft workouts, you know, over the course of the senior bowl, the combine, and then ultimately the official 30. Uh, and then they worked him out at all five positions. They love what he brings to the table. It looks right now, Jason Garrett says, that um, the team is looking to put him at left guard. I hope they stick to that. That's the winning formula. In my mind, you keep Lyle Collins at right tackle. And then now you're looking at those are going to be the best five guys. Tyron Smith on the left edge, Connor Williams left guard, Travis Frederick, Zach Martin, and then Lyle Collins. That's a brick wall. That is a brick wall, and I love it. So right now, um, I have the draft graded at A-, and the only minus is because of the, like I said, mid-level reach on Vander Esch. But again, he's still going to be an impact day one starter, in my opinion. You know, Pete Prisco had him as a guy that was going to be potentially in the top ten at one point, but I think yeah. maybe there's some medical stuff that bumped him down a little bit. I mean, I think the key thing for them is that what you saw last year, and this has just been true just in general over Sean Lee's career, when he gets hurt and he leaves that defense, it's it, bad. it goes off a cliff. And so, I mean, to me, if if Jalen Smith, and I may have called him, if I call him Jalen Samuels at any point, just ignore <laughs> it's, it's a draft. Yeah. See what like, draft does for you? I actually wrote, when I was doing a rundown for the, like, you know, writing down questions, I wrote down Jalen Samuels. And so I'm, I'm just an idiot is, is the bottom line. <laughs> uh, and by the way, you can follow Patrick at Voice of the Star on Twitter, an excellent follow. And he has a Tremendous breakdown on the 247 Sports Cowboys site, full recap of the draft. But, yeah, so I think – do you think that their pick would have been Derwin James 
if he had been there over Vander Esch or I, I tend to think that the Cowboys for as much as we get caught up in all the hoopla surrounding Jerry Jones, what they've done really well over the past five to six years. And I and personally, I think it's because Stephen Jones is making his impact felt on that draft room is they have stayed true to their board and they have taken their guy in the face of what people perceive as not value. Like Zach Martin, they're like, Oh, who took a guard in the middle of the first round? What are they thinking? Well, now he's one of the, He's the best guard in football. You know what I mean? Like, best guard in football. Yeah, like Travis Frederick. We that pick was pretty much routinely it, panned. You yeah, know, it was called a reach. Yeah, it was, it was labeled a reach at the time, and and that's the thing when you look at someone like Connor Williams. Um, this is one of those situations where they didn't even have to go offensive line at nineteen, and they still got a first round graded talent. So now, if you look at the lineup I just laid out for you, as far as what I would like to see their offensive line look at, looking. Um, or I should say resembling going into 2018. Lyle Collins, he was a, he was graded a first round talent. Of course, he ended up falling to undrafted status because of the off the field issue yeah. coming out of uh, LSU. Um, but those are five first round talent graded individuals. So that's, that's just a behemoth of a move for them. And then, you know, going to Vanderesh, I really think, I think that he was their guy. I think that's why they didn't move up for Derwin James. Um, they loved Derwin James for obvious reasons, uh, for the same reasons that they were and remain right now interested in someone like Earl Thomas. They love Xavier Woods as a starter. Uh, he gives them insurance if they can't land Thomas. Um, but for the same reasons that they wanted Thomas, which is they know that they need to, um, or at least like to upgrade immediately the safety position. That's what makes a player like Derwin James attractive. But you saw he fell down to 17 and they didn't budge. That proves to you that Vander Esch was in fact their guy. And the good thing about Vander Esch is if Lee does go down, um, then he still gives you flexibility to move him over to the weak side right. if need be. Um, or you can bring in Damian Wilson and put him over at the weak side. I mean, he gives you a lot of flexibility if Sean Lee is not available, which you would love to see him play 16 games. But unfortunately, as great as he is, that's not necessarily been his M.O. since he's come into the league. Well, I, I caught a lot of flack for noting that I didn't think Dak Prescott was necessarily a winner out of the draft. And, and that's not because, and you're right, like now they have on this offensive line, they have five first-round talents. And if everything goes well, that will look stupid because Dak Prescott will be protected. Zeke Elliott plays 16 games and that running game gets rolling. But I mean, what's on a scale of one to 10, what is your level of concern with the pass catchers? Because it's hard for me, even with the addition of Michael Gallup in that third round, um, even signing, signing Alan Hurd in free agency, it's hard for me to look at it and say, this is a great group of pass catchers. And, and it, there should be some concern. Um, that's very valid considering once they release Des Bryant, they no longer have, uh, or not one that we've identified, the alpha male in the room. Right. What they do have is a wide receiver room that is absolutely filled to the brim with bodies. True. But if you look at those bodies, none of them are striking fear in the heart of a, an NFL defensive coordinator yet. Um, there's potential there. Obviously, Alan Hearns, he's a former pro bowler. He stepped in uh, in the starting role as needed with the Jaguars. He put up, you know, 1,000-yard seasons, fastest undrafted free agent um, to put up the numbers he did in Jacksonville. So he has the talent there, but he's not your number one receiver. Look for him to go to the Y. Michael Gallup is inevitably going to be the Des Bryant replacement, whether he likes it or not. <laughs> um, he said immediately after the draft that he doesn't look at, him, at himself as a Des Bryant replacement. He's just looking to compete. Um, that was the absolutely the right thing to say yes. for the rookie. But let's just be completely honest. 
third round pick on the heels of releasing the franchise's all time leader and receiving touchdowns, Gallup, you're going to be that guy <laughs> that is looked upon to step uh, step up. And I think Gallup, um, Jeff Kavanaugh of 105.3 FM, he made an excellent point with Jeff Gallup, and he said that in his scouting of him, and he said that uh, he doesn't do any one thing great, but he does everything really well. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to serve him very well. Route running, you know, if they're looking to make this a quote unquote Dak friendly offense. They need someone who can run crisp routes every single time. Gallup is going to be that guy. Um, you put Hearns at the Y, and then it gets really foggy behind Hearns <laughs> because the and that's where the real concern comes in. I think they'll be fine ultimately um, between Gallup and Hearns sitting atop the depth chart. But behind them, who do you got? You got Terrence Williams, although he's he's consistent um, and he's one of the best blockers on the field when it comes to catching the ball. He's he was losing some snaps to Bryce Butler on the back end of Bryce Butler's career with the Cowboys. Um, he has a broken foot now. Um, right. Terrence Williams does. And the projection is that he'll be back in time for training camp. However, he's going to be behind the curve at that point. They brought on Deontay Thompson on a one-year deal. They want speed to go over the top. Um, you got KD Cannon on a futures deal. He has speed as well. And then you got a sleeper, Cedric Wilson. Um, they went and got Cedric Wilson later in this draft. A lot of people aren't aware of Cedric Wilson, but Wilson can absolutely peel the top off of a uh, off of a defense. So you have the sleeper in Cedric Wilson and then the hopefuls and your Deontay Thompson's and your Katie Cannons. Uh, but behind Hearns and Gallup, there's not a lot of confidence as far as who's going to be that guy. The only thing we can do, Will, to be honest with you, is wait and see who's going to step up. Uh, I believe it'll be Hearns initially because he's the veteran. So, uh, But it's still the number one role ex-receiver that's going to have to be Gallup. And I think Gallup is going to impress a lot of people. Maybe not necessarily immediately, like September, October, but before the season is all said and done, you're going to start to see a Pro Bowl um, type of spike wow. in his learning curve. Wow. Uh, I noticed Will McClay, who's one of the, the personnel guys with the Cowboys, and our Jared Dubin wrote about it this morning. I happened to see it like five minutes before we fired this up, but um, he told, he said, and forgive me if it's already up on 247, I, this is where I saw it. He said, it was a collective deal talking about Des Bryant, uh, according to the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. The inability to win one-on-one, to win downfield, there was inconsistency as well and some huge things in his play so what's best moving forward for Des Bryant and the Cowboys, we just made that decision. It's a production-based business. That's what we all knew, right? Like watching Des, you see a guy who, you know, has always needed to be better with his route running but could overcome it by being a physical beast and an, cool. a, and an absolute monster down the field who could win every jump ball. And once he lost that physical ability, you know, everybody said, well, Des Bryant's plays trailed off. The stats show it, but we're scared of Des, so we don't want to say that like, <laughs> loudly. And, and now, like, the Cowboys are saying it. I wonder, so what, I guess, do you think, this is the question, do you think that losing Des Bryant and Jason Witten in the same offseason is ultimately a good thing for Dak Prescott? I think it'll, it'll help in his progression. Um, and when you look at Des Bryant, I believe he's lost a, a step simply due to age. And sure. he said himself and he admitted that he didn't adapt like he was supposed to over the course of his career. Um, he did use a lot of, a lot of his physicality to overcome and or mask some of his, um, not, I'm not going to say inability, but some of his opportunities for improvement when it comes to route running. Um, but you never saw that chemistry between Des Bryant and Dak Prescott that you saw with Tony Romo. Sure. You never saw that chemistry with Des Bryant and any quarterback not named Tony Romo. Um, but the difference between your Dak Prescotts of the world and your Matt Castles and your Brandon Wheatons, um, 
you know, and you're killing Moores is that Dak has been handed the keys to the franchise. So the Cowboys are all in on Dak Prescott. So then the question becomes, if we're looking to make this a, a Dak friendly offense, who fits, who doesn't fit? Mm. Um, so I don't believe that Des Bryant's skill set jives well with Dak Prescott, which is one reason, you know, they went ahead and let him go. I think that with Gallup, Hearns, their style of play is more attuned to the run pass option offense that the Cowboys are looking to go to. And as far as Jason Witten goes, uh, obviously you don't want you prefer not to lose that kind of veteran leadership. He's still consistent. I believe he put up over 500 yards last season. Yeah. Um, not a monster five year, touchdowns. Not it, much, but enough. To, I mean, it's yeah. production. Yeah. And, um, he's a, and he's a safety valve, too. And he's a safety valve. But uh, you look at someone like Jeff Swain. Um, they got a lot of belief in Jeff Swain, and they should, because when healthy, Jeff Swain it can get the job done blocking and receiving. James Hanna was uh, kind of a big loss as you know he retired due to the knee injury. Combine that with Witten, that hurts. It really does hurt. You lose two veteran tight ends, but you got Jeff Swain, Blake Jarwin. The second he's going into his second year, Cowboys love him. So that's the name that you definitely want to look forward uh, to checking out. Blake Jarwin, Dalton Schultz. They went and got Dalton Schultz out of Stanford um, in the what draft. About, what so about, uh, Rico Gathers. Yes, I, no. I knew you were going there. I knew you were going there. <laughs> that that that's the uh, that's the popular name right now. That's the name that's provocative right now. Rico Gathers has uh, all the skills in the world to be a a pro. Bowl tight end in the NFL. Um, my concern with Rico Gathers is uh, focus issues. Ah. Um, he's not been the most focused since he's been since being drafted in the sixth round with the Cowboys. Uh, and this is going to be a very pivotal offseason for him because he he sounds committed now here recently in, some, in a lot of his social media posts. Um, but even that is a, a change of tune because prior to him um, posting how committed he was, he, you know, he made off-brand or off-hand statements that show that he was not fully committed up to this point. That has to be concerning for a team that has invested so much in converting him to an NFL tight end, wherein he hadn't played football since eighth grade. Um, so I think for Rico Gathers, yes, he's the popular name and everybody wants to see him. And he had a great preseason before he suffered the concussion and didn't play another snap. But here's the Cowboys depth chart until further notice. It's Jeff Swaim tight end one. Um, Blake Jarwin's tight end two. Dalton Schultz is going to compete with Blake Jarwin for that tight end two. So count them you know, second and third string in any rotation for now. But right now, Rico Gathers is very much on the bubble. He's very much on the bubble. If he does not absolutely blow them away in the training camp or, you know, OTAs and then training camp and ultimately preseason, uh, it's it's likely that he'll be in another uniform going forward. Wow. So it's sort of a like he might have all the upside and he plays a basketball player and that's great for tight ends, but he's still a six round pick. And if you can't produce now, this is so this is if I'm if I can read between the lines and Patrick Walker here at Voice of the Star on Twitter must follow for Cowboys information. Um and at 247 Sports, of course, it, 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 it appears to me that the move from Dak, from Tony Romo to Dak Prescott and from the Cowboys traditional offense with Tony Romo to Dak Prescott is basically saying we're throwing out the sandlot idea. We're throwing out this old offense and we are going to commit a, to a structure around Dak. So do you think that is, I mean, does Dak, is it Dak needs to play, not needs to play, but Dak is going to be better in structure? Because for years, when you pictured the Cowboys offense, it would be Tony Romo's backspin out of the, you know, like, like, like a, <laughs> the like Romo spin. The Romo spin. He's being, he's being chased. 
chased by a pass rusher and he's just doing the playground thing, looking downfield and bombing it to Dak, to Dez, excuse me. And now it feels like what they want to do is really create sort of a, a modern, more modern NFL offense where it's structure and quick passing like what he ran at Mississippi State. And that's exactly what they're looking to do. And it, it's, uh, it's great that you mentioned Mississippi State because they're actually this offseason, they've been studying film from his career at Mississippi mm. State. And they, they're looking to steal ideas and techniques and how they can structure the Cowboys offense to most benefit Dak Prescott. Because like you said, he is not Tony Romo as far as the same skill set. Um, so the Sandlot ball, the Brett Favre ball for lack of a better way to put it, um, is out the window. Uh, Dak is not the gunslinger that Tony Romo right. was. Dak needs a structured environment. There's still some fundamentals that he needs to work on, footwork, timing, consistent accuracy. So whereas he's uh, the highest graded quarterback in the NFL with tight window passes, consistently making down-the-field passes, those back shoulder throws, things of that nature, he's admitted himself he needs to improve upon that. But once he gets those fundamentals down, and hopefully he will this season, if they can tweak this system that in a way that fully utilizes all of his skill set, his mobility, um, his dual threat nature. You got Ezekiel Elliott back there, the five linemen we just talked about, and now you toss in great route runners like Hearns and Michael Gallup, and they're really setting up Dak Prescott to, to succeed in 2018. He's going to have to because this is the third year, um, and ideally you want to start talking contract extension on the back end of this third year for your quarterback. Sure. They don't get a fifth-year option for him. He was a fourth-round compensatory pick. So if he does not impress or if he lays an egg or if he just doesn't move forward as he should as far as the win column, as far as, you know, getting back to playing mistake-free football, it's going to be a really challenging offseason for the Cowboys as far as deciding, hey, what's going on? You got um, Cooper Rush behind him. You just went and got Mike White, which was the sixth or seventh best-ranked quarterback in the draft. There's a lot of talent behind Dak Prescott. So I personally believe he's a gamer. The jury is out on if he's the answer at franchise quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys, but we're about to find out in 2018, Will. Wow. This is in Patrick, this is to me, this is so, this is what makes the NFL so fascinating is that from a, cause it is a year to year league. Yes, I mean, very much so. At this time last year, ask like, Ryan Switzer. Yeah, no, that's right. Yeah. Switzer, Switzer was like, like Cole Beasley's out and Switzer's in right. and then all of a sudden it flips. Year to year but, league. But like this time last year, we're like, is Dak the best quarter? Like, if you're drafting young quarterbacks, would you take Dak number one? And now it's like, are the, eh, the Cowboys definitely going to sign into a you know, twenty million dollar deal? I don't know. It, it, that's that's incredible to me. Look, you're right because if you look at last offseason going into the draft, the the prevailing question was who's the next who's Dak? The next Dak? Yeah, that's right. right. And now you fast forward to this offseason, there are none of those questions being asked right no, now. The question not. being asked is, is Dak actually that guy? I believe he can be. I believe the Cowboys are making all the necessary moves to to give him an opportunity to succeed there will be no excuses after 2018 yeah you can't blame the tony romo saga behind him you can't say it's on des Bryant and lack of chemistry um can't blame the offensive line right and offensive line they've repaired that in a big way with connor williams they wiped the sled clean or the cupboard clean beneath scott linehan and jason garrett as far as the offensive side of the ball um so they've made these moves and this is going to put a lot of pressure on dak prescott to succeed but a big a big key to him winning this year is also going to be Ezekiel Elliott staying on the field for yeah. 16 plus games. Um, it, that was rough last year. Yeah, it was. You, you can't have um, an offense where you're looking to run RPO 
and your all-pro running back is out for six games. Um, Alfred Morris has done damage in this league, but he's not going to back up the second. He's not going to force linebackers to back up and think twice. Rod Smith, he's coming up well for the Cowboys, but he's also not going to make uh, linebackers think twice. Nobody's stacking the box um, consistently for Alfred Morris and Rod Smith like they'll do for Ezekiel Elliott. And you need that because that's what's going to free up those receivers down the field. So they've made these moves, Will, um, and hopefully Ezekiel Elliott stays on the field. And if he does, Dak Prescott uh, will have no excuses. He's going to have to get out there and show us what we, what we believe he is capable of. But if it doesn't show up, then 2019 is going to get extremely interesting with Rush and White sitting behind him. Yeah, that will be awkward. All right, so the Cowboys win total, and I'm doing this win. I'm doing breaking down every single team's wins. And my lean early on, the Cowboys wins are eight and a half. Um, I was, I think that the, to me, the, the two teams that flip are the Cowboys and Giants. Like if the Giants stink, and they and they could stink. If they're a, if they're a four win team, I think the Cowboys are closer to a nine win team or an eight win team. How many wins do you eye the Cowboys at uh, relative to that eight and a half number that Vegas put out there? Ah. Uh... Way too early predictions is what we're doing here, Will. Exactly. Okay. I will play ball. Okay. (laughs) Give me – they've made improvements over – I believe now – I couldn't have said this before the draft, but I believe now they're starting to look better. The plan is starting to come together. Uh, Looking at the schedule, I'm going to go ahead and and notch them in for 10 wins. Mm. I don't think 10 wins is a stretch. I think the Eagles are still going to be the team to beat in the NFC East. They're just – they were already loaded, and then they went and uh, brought some more gunpowder in. Their defensive line is stacked yeah. with talent, which is one reason that the Cowboys went ahead and uh, got Connor Williams because they know what they're going to face in the Eagles twice a year, um, at least twice a year. Might face them in the playoffs as well. So give me 10 wins for the Cowboys against six losses. I think it takes um, – I think – at some point during the season, they hit maybe a two-game slide or something like that. But I think overall, you're looking at a 10-win team in the Cowboys. Now, will that be enough to win the NFC East? I oh, think God. it's going to be enough to take it down to Week 17. And then, as the NFL typically loves to happen, um, if they <laughs> win in Week 17, they're in with 10 wins. And if they lose, then they're out with nine. Interesting. Yeah, and because the NFC South looks like it's going to be stacked again. The Saints, the 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 Panthers and the Falcons, of course, all look very good. Every single NFC East team has to play those NFC South teams, which means that's probably good. Those games, those interdivisional games are probably going to determine how the wild card shakes out. If the NFC South. agree. Yeah. And, the, and, and to your point, I mean, speaking of the NFC South teams, uh, when we're talking about where the Cowboys may have a slide, you're talking about the second or maybe the third quadrant. The third quadrant, look at what they got. They got a playoff team in the Titans. They got the Super Bowl winning Eagles. They got the Falcons perennial playoff team. You got the Redskins. Maybe the Redskins are taking a step back. Maybe not with the addition of Alex Smith. They still need to find their ex receiver. If that's Des Bryant, then wouldn't that be fun? Um, but then you have the Saints week 13. So that that is brutal. They get a little bit of a respite in the final quadrant um, being December, but November is going to absolutely be critical for them. It's the most brutal stretch of the season. And if you say, hey, Pat, when are we going to know if the Cowboys are a playoff team? You're going to know by mid-November if this is a playoff team or not. That, yeah, that's right. Because you, you, after their week eight bye, they get the Titans at home. I think the Titans are going to be a lot better with the, with the changes they made in terms of the offense and, the, and just the, just by virtue of coaching. Even if Mike Vrabel's a, a barely – I mean, he's going to be an upgrade over Mike Malarkey. And then Eagles and Falcons on the road back-to-back. The, the key for them – and you're right, Pat. You look at it, it's like 
the three the three week stretch where it starts on Thanksgiving with the Redskins, and then they get the Saints on Thursday night, so they get a full week break for that, which is huge. And then the Eagles at home. Those three games at home. If the Cowboys can manage to go two and one or three and zero oh in those three games, I think you're right. They're probably a playoff team because they close with the the Colts, the Buccaneers, and the Giants. So they could exactly. get they could get hot down the stretch if they that. But you're right that 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 November is a huge month for the Cowboys. Absolutely. You might you might the schedule and and your your excitement over Dak might have talked me into it. Um, <laughs> I just think they're set up to to they're setting themselves up right now to win. Now obviously this is still May second. You got to go through OTAs training cap. You got to see what bodies come out because not everybody's going to come out healthy. Um, you would yeah. like to believe that Alan Hearns is going to stay healthy and he he doesn't necessarily have injury issues, but I'm just using him as as a bit of a point. You never know what injuries any team will suffer in training camp preseason and you know depending on what happens there it can change the course of the season but as it stands looking at their you know their current roster list right now coming out of the NFL draft give me 10 wins for the Cowboys um, but again here's the caveat let's put an asterisk on this it is completely contingent upon how they handle the November stretch yep. if they handle the November stretch well they will be in the playoffs in my prediction if they if they split the November stretch, it's going to come down to week 17, win and get in. Um, but if they lay an egg in November, I don't think that hot run in December is going to be enough to overcome. Yeah. And, 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 then and even if it does, it should, it should worry you because once you get in the playoffs, you're looking at just a replay of the brutality of the November, of teams. November schedule. Yep, so yeah, right. they're rattling off wins in December against teams like the Colts. Uh, but when it's time to really start dancing with the devil in January, you're going to look back to those November games to kind of gauge how ready they are to try to make a run at Super Bowl 53. Yeah. Congratulations. Here's your week eight bye. Now here's two, congrats. Here's two games against the Eagles. Exactly. Uh, all right. Patrick, Patrick Walker, 247 Sports with the Cowboys at Voice of the Star on Twitter. An excellent follow it. Excellent information. Seriously, go check out the draft guide. It's the, uh, the full recap of the 2018 Cowboys draft, including fit and bubble odds. I was digging into it yesterday. You got the mock draftables up there. You got the oh, film yeah. breakdowns. This is excellent stuff, man. Uh, hey. You guys, I'm the man of the people. That's right. Hey, I really appreciate you taking the time, buddy. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me, Will. See you around, brother.